Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, August the 20th as we came so close to the Phillies actually winning five games in a row it has not happened since 2018 the Phillies did not do it all last year and still four games in a row the peak this year as well as after winning three straight against the Mets in game one in Boston yesterday day game the Phillies unable to get the job done they fall six to three to the Boston Red Sox. It was one of those games where, where they just kind of got outplayed. You know, it felt pretty quickly. You know, they took a 2-0 lead early, and you're feeling pretty good. And that when the Red Sox took the lead in the uh, – tied up in the third and then took the lead in the fourth, it just it just felt like one of those days. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. It just felt like the Phillies were not winning that game that day in that spot. And, and that's how it ended up playing out. Um I think the biggest frustration from the game, Jake Arrieta spotted a 2 nothing lead and just, yet again, ineffective. You know, Arietta goes four and a third, allows four earned runs, five hits, four walks from Arietta in those four and third innings. Four walks. I mean, that is that is just not close to good enough. Arietta's here at 4-9-5 on the season. And, um, look, I... It's funny because I think we all know what Jake Arrieta is, and somehow, someway, I'm still disappointed. You know, we saw that that second start of the season. You're feeling like, oh man, oh look at this, look at what this guy's doing, look what Jake's doing. Okay, we can we can win with this, and then it's just been uh, worse and worse the last couple starts. And again, it's a small sample size, but Arietta just. You know, he's he's the same guy we've seen the last couple of years. I, I had a hope that maybe the knee spurs and getting that done last year maybe would help Matt. And look, I wasn't expecting much, but I was hoping that maybe he could be a, a four ERA type of pitcher, right? You know, someone who could, you know, be a fifth starter. And uh, it's not looking like he's even that right now. Arietta just really looked ineffective. You know, one of those games where you want to talk eye test, laboring, couldn't hit his spots, wasn't throwing strikes, and ultimately was getting taken advantage of by a Boston team that, 
had lost nine straight games coming into yesterday's game, so that makes it a little more defeating, so to speak, as the Phillies uh, unable to get it done. Arietta for me, the uh, the big bummer of the day. Now, look, would I have wanted the Phillies to score more runs against Kyle freaking Hart? Yes, yes, that would have been nice too, as the offense just largely ineffective uh, in the game. Obviously, scored a couple in the first, and then um, only scored one more run in the game, and it was on an error. So, so really just unable to get anything going. Only three hits all game for the Phillies. Andrew McCutcheon was one for five with it. Goslin, of course, gets it one for four, and Neil Walker goes one for two. That was it. It was a tough day for an offense that's been awesome. Look, I'm not going to get on the Phillies' offense. They're not going to hit every single game. That's not the way it works. Oddly enough, Kyle Hart was the one who was able to get to them in the horrible Boston bullpen was able to get to them but look I I can't expect this offense to put up you know they're averaging heading into yesterday like 5.72 runs per game that's not gonna happen every day it is what it is you know even three I think was a surprise considering how much they struggled offensively it was really the type of game where they should add one run or zero runs you know it was that type of game and ultimately they put a three spot up the three spot isn't enough it's what happens I'm not gonna overreact too much I think that you know People got excited after the four games in row one, and it was fun. It was exciting. And look, this team, with all of this, is still two games out of first place in the National League East. They're one game back in the Marlins for second place. I mean, they're right there. So, you know, not not too much to get too concerned about. They are right there. As we've talked about, this season is going to go down to the end. It is going to be tight. It is going to be tough. We are not going to know who the who the playoff teams are until really the last week of the season, just because I think so many teams are going to be in it. And with such a condensed schedule, less time for teams to separate from other teams. So it's going to be a uh, a unique race to the finish. And the Phillies are going to be in it. And look, they're not great, but they're not bad. <laughs> they're, they're, they're solid. And I think that offensively, yesterday obviously excluded, I think they're good enough to compete. You know, I think this offense is flat-out good enough to be a playoff team. It's a playoff offense. And I think that the starting pitching has the chance to be that. Nolan and Wheeler are there already. Obviously, they've been great. Eflin wasn't great a couple nights ago. They won the game, obviously, but um, didn't have his best stuff. I'm still pretty bullish on Zach Eflin. What we've seen from Eflin, I've been more impressed than not impressed Again, he's got 20-something strikeouts in, in 14 innings. He's been really good from that perspective. You know, the, the swing and miss stuff is there. It is cooking. That is important. Um, so I I feel some positivity with Evelyn. And, of course, Spencer Howard, I'm still all in on Howard. I think that he's going to figure out he's going to be awesome. So, look at the uh, – it comes back to the bullpen. What a shocker. And, you know, yesterday – Arietta was bad, and the bullpen uh, struggled a little bit as well. Actually, Adam Morgan was great. And Connor Brogdon was really good, too. It was Ramon Rosso, struggled, uh, pitched a clean inning, and then got brought out for the second. I don't know why. I don't know why Joe Girardi went to Rosso for a second inning there. It didn't make any sense to me in the moment, and it didn't make any sense after, and obviously it didn't work out, ultimately. The runs didn't matter. They were down 4-3 anyway, but, you know, kind of sealed the fate, so to speak, making it 6-3 to and ultimately unable to get any of those runs back the Phillies fall to the Red Sox it is a shame because um they should have swept the Red Sox the Red Sox stink they're one of the worst teams in baseball this year they will finish the year as one of the worst teams in baseball they are not all in on 2020 as you say um 
And it's a shame. Again, if they can go up to Toronto today, doubleheader starting at 105 and sweep this doubleheader, it's all good. We'll move past it. We'll say, you know what? I said take three or four against Boston and Toronto. They still have a chance to do that. Toronto's a bad baseball team. So, you know, that's good. You got Spencer Howard going in game one, Velasquez game two. So, ah, it's a little more nerve-wracking, but it's not like Toronto is a juggernaut of great pitching either. We'll talk about those matchups a little bit later in the show, but ultimately it is a disappointment that they couldn't get it done in game two in Boston. Again, it's a, it's one game. I'm not going to overreact. But think about it this way. After today's baseball, after these two games are played, the Phillies will be more than a third of the way through their season. More than a third of the way through the season. That's wild. We are a, th- a third of the way through the season. That's absolutely crazy. And it does highlight again that that it's a weird balance, and we felt it with overreacting to the Orioles series, but then we also have felt it the other way, too, where it's you need to react to these games in an amplified way because every single game is a third, essentially a little under a third more important than a normal year, 2.7 times as important as, as any game in any year. So that does matter, but at the same time, it's also a balance of, you know, when do we start overreacting? When do we start really freaking out? When is... When are they out of it? How many games are left? You know, it's a weird balance. It's a weird situation. It's just a unique feel that we are about to be 21 games through the season after today, and that's more than a third of the way through the season. It just feels weird. It's weird to even talk about this season the way we talk about it, to talk about the numbers, the stats, and all that stuff, because it all feels like such a small sample size. It's almost like, well, yeah, he's on a hot streak, you know, but at the same time, it's the season. Like right now, Bryce Harper is about to be a third of the way through an MVP-type season. And it's only 20 games, 21 games. So it just feels like, well, anyone can go on a hot 21-game stretch, right? So it's a really unique thing. And look, we knew it was going to be unique. This is not a surprise. Um, But it does feel unique. It's hard to really wrap your fingers around or wrap your mind around, you know, kind of kind of what we're rooting for, how we're rooting for it, how we want it to play out. Ultimately, Phillies need to win games, and they need to win games against the Red Sox. Um so big ones in Toronto today. We'll get to that a little bit later. I did want to. We we're just talking about the offense. I do want to give them some credit because, um, they have been raking, man. I mean, the offense has been just flat out good. I mean, you look at some of the numbers heading into yesterday's game. Uh, the Phillies ranked first in the majors in on base percentage, second in OPS. You know, excuse me. That's Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper individually. Uh, ranks first in the majors on on-base percentage, second in OPS, fourth in batting average. The Phillies is a team heading into yesterday. Number one in the majors at batting average. Number two in the majors in slugging percentage. Number three in the majors in on-base percentage. Number two in the majors in OPS. And number seven in the majors in home runs per game. Um, they've also second in the majors in stolen base percentage um, and uh, also struck out the least. So... Like, this offense has shown up. You know, I I want that not to get lost. Uh, Again, I do think that, you know, it's a bummer that they can't go to Boston and win that game. They need to win that game. But uh, I'm not going to blame the offense because they had a a rough day. This offense has been great. And, again, look, I don't think they finished the season as the best offense in baseball. But they're on their way to finishing the season as a top five, top seven type offense for sure. And, again, you can do some damage. With that, you could be a playoff team. You just need the other facets of the game to to step up and, and support that. 
Um, specifically, looking at the offense, a couple guys just to highlight I wanted to mention because, look, we know how great Harper's been. Uh, MVP-type season for Bryce Harper. He has been just awesome. JT Romito, eight home runs. He's been a monster. It's been great to see JT in a contract push, really, um, being a dominant force this uh, this season so far. Phil Gosselin, of course, not playing every day yet, but a 406 average. He's got a 781 slugging. He has been a monster for them. Didi has been great. D's bang 299 on the season. Didi yesterday it didn't end up in anything. Uh, he got on base. They didn't end up scoring, but had a 14-pitch at bat. I believe the longest at bat since like 1988 or something for a Philly. It was a, a real tough at bat and really fought and Didi's been great 478 slugging Didi's been um all you could ask for more and, and defensively what a stud what a stud that guy is he is just he is the definition of smooth out there he makes everything just seem so easy so natural you know it doesn't seem hard for Didi Gregorius to field the shortstop position it should be a lot harder than he makes it seem you know just is very nonchalant about it in a in a very good way I've been super impressed with DD. Alec Bohm, 0 for 3 yesterday, still batting 300. 417 on base percentage. Alec Bohm has been great. Roman Quinn's actually been all right, 262 average when playing. You know, Adam Hazley, when playing, has been great. Hit hurt now, obviously. Jay Bruce has been great. I think there are really three guys who we've been worried about in looking at this offense. And, and I'm starting to come out of it on two of them. Obviously, I think the number one name that comes up the most in these discussions is Reese Hoskins because, look, rightfully so. Hoskins last season had the worst second half of a season that anyone has ever had (laughs) for all intents and purposes. Just an absolute disastrous type of season last year. But um, the start to this season wasn't much better. But lately, Hoskins picking up a little bit. We know in game one in Boston did hit his first home run. An opposite field one, no less. Now, granted, just sneaked out of the ballpark. It was a... uh, a nibbler of home run, but opposite field got going a little bit. Hoskins still has a 425 on base percentage, so I mean that's something. You know, that's not nothing. Uh, last seven games, Hoskins a 259 average. I mean, okay, 412 on base percentage, 444 slugging. Like you want that slugging higher with Reese Hoskins, but you know it's okay. That's okay. We can. We can get by with that. It's not ideal, but at least Hoskins is giving you something, and it seems like he's starting to get that confidence back. He's starting to break out of that funk a little bit, and that would just be so massive for this team. I think not having Reese Hoskins, like the Reese Hoskins who we you know, have known and loved, um, has really been a detriment to this team. Like It is, it has hurt this team, and... That's a guy that they counted on, and if Hoskins can start to get it back, especially if he can get back to that that power spot, and look, it doesn't look like he's anywhere close to that. It looks like he's going to be a, a walks and singles type of guy right now, but again, even that is an upgrade. Just a two fifty nine average over his last seven games, which you know we know is not amazing. It's fine. It's okay. Is such a massive upgrade over the Reeves Hoskins we've seen earlier this season and last season, so... There are at least signs for hope. I don't think Reese is out of the wood yet. I'm not saying that uh, he's back or anything like that. I'm not ready to proclaim, you know, Reese Hoskins is fully good to go. But I, I do think there are positive signs. And again, look, the 425 on base percentage matters. It's not like he's not a complete zero. 
at the plate. We'll get to a complete zero. He is not a complete zero. If nothing else, he's getting on base in the two-hole. That's okay from your two-hole hitter. Now that you know, it's I think with Hoskins, it's just that we we expect him to be this this you know beast of a power hitter. We've seen it, you know. <laughs> home run and he'll get on these streaks where like 10 and 11 games and stuff like that that's the reese hoskins we know um so i think it's just quite jarring to see him as a singles and walks type of guy but again value wise there's something there at least he's not giving you nothing and he has been better he has looked more comfortable hopefully this is the beginning of something bigger you know hopefully this is the beginning of hoskins starting to break out of this a little bit and again I, I do think that even though it barely got out of the park that hitting a ball out of the ballpark to the opposite field was a massive huge monstrous step forward for Reese Hoskins it is so crucial that he get that power back and that he use the opposite field that's what made him so great before that type of hitter and you know as we know over the last you know last half of the last season and, and so far most of this season turning over everything, trying to pull everything, swing everything out of the park, always to the left side of the field, big deal. Big deal seeing Reese go to the opposite field, and you know, you really hope it's something that's going to continue for right now. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not like super in on the Hoskins rebound, but I'm, I'm feeling more bullish than I was, like significantly more. I was, I was very down on Hoskins. As you know, if you listen to the show, you know I was really down on Hoskins. I'm not right now. I'm I'm starting to come out of it. I'm still not there, and we still need that power. But there are at least signs for optimism, as there are two with Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon really starting to bring it at a great first game in Boston with the double and the stolen base. Um, did get a hit yesterday in his last eleven games. Andrew McCutcheon batting two eighty two. That'll play. Now the three eighty five slugging is not good enough. That's not what you want it to be. But again, he is coming out of it. And look, with McCutcheon, it's, it's super explainable. The guy tore his ACL. He missed a year. You know, it takes time to come back from that and to get your body physically right, to trust your body, and then to get your timing back. We're talking about being a major league hitter. You know, it's not something you just step back in the box and you're like, oh, I remember how to do this. No, it, it, you got to get your timing back. You got to get back to what you do. And I think it's just taking Kutch a little bit of time. And I... Frankly, honestly, think that's something we probably should have seen coming more. We should have expected Kutch to slow start. Like, we should have. It's a big injury. He was out for a year. He didn't play baseball for a year. You know, in, in a game, he didn't play for longer because they ended up going to July. But, you know, that takes time. That is, you know, it's no joke. The point is you can't, you can't underrate what it means that McCutcheon was out of baseball for that long and, and having that injury, especially someone who's never really had injuries and all that. And and I'm starting to feel like McCutcheon's back. I'm starting to feel like when Andrew steps to the plate, I don't think, oh, it's an automatic out, <laughs> which was the way it felt for the first few games of the season. So I think this is, um, I'm excited about McCutcheon and what he can be for this team. Such a veteran, so smart, even the way he runs the bases, everything he does is just so smart. So, um, optimistic about McCutcheon, even more so than Hoskins, but I'm feeling more bullish than I was on McCutcheon and Hoskins. However, and I think you all know where this is going. I mean, let's be real. We watch this team. We, we know it. Um, I am not bullish. I am bearish on Scott Kingery. I am at the point where I think that Scott Kingery has to be taken out of the lineup. 
And I know that playing him in center field, uh, you know, he started last night, yesterday, excuse me, in center field. Um, he'll get some opportunities, I suppose. But, I mean, Scott Kingery is a literal zero at the plate. The man is batting 122 with a 122 slugging percentage. That's, like, impossible to do. I mean, you have to be really bad to do that. And, again, I know it's a small sample size. And, honestly, I, I do buy into the fact that, you know, Kingery having COVID and having a, a bad case of it and, you know, not being back to where he needs to be physically is is absolutely possibly a part of this. Like, I, I think that, honestly, I would be surprised if that weren't weren't a major factor in his struggles. But all that said, and, and look, I do think that he's still a part of the future. I'm not out on Scott Kingery. I'm not saying he's done. And, you know, I don't think you could just like, you know, I don't think they should move on for him in, a, in any sort of sense. But um, I do think he can be in line right now, like maybe one day a week. But, I mean, Roman Quinn's better. Adam Hazley, when he's healthy, is better. Uh, Phil Gosselin is light years better right now. Neil Walker is much better. You know, all of these guys should be getting reps in center field and second base, respectively, over Scott Kingery right now. They just should. They have to. Scott Kingery's a black hole in line. Think about it. In game one in Boston, the the big two-out rally got ignited by Phil Gosselin, who was pinch-hitting for Scott Kingery. I mean, you won't see that very awesome often where a starter who is the same handedness, both right handed, gets pinch hit for by a bench player who is the same handedness. Like, you don't see that very often. It's rare, let's say. And it was absolutely the right move. And it worked out. It was absolutely the right move. So, it is a, uh, a tricky spot. Because, look, Kingery is a part of this team's future. He matters. They've got him under contract already, you know? And there is reason to believe that Scott Kingery can have a very good major league career, that he could be a good player. I honestly thought it, we were going to see it this year. Um, and we there was hope from last year. So I understand that it's a little tricky in the sense that you can't just completely bail on the guy. You can't just say, all right, uh, sorry, Scott, you're not going to play again this year because you do need to get him work. You do need to develop him. He needs to have some confidence. He needs to believe in himself a little bit, all that type of stuff. So it is a balancing act. It's a tough spot. Like, what do you do where you need to get this guy some time? You need to keep him involved. You need to keep his head in the game. But at the same time, he is useless right now. He can't be getting important at-bats and important games. And sadly, in a 60-game season where you're 19 games in, every single at-bat is important. Every single game matters. You know, that's the problem. It's like, you know, if it was middle of August, uh, August 20th, let's say in a normal season, you wouldn't be playing these guys down the stretch if you were trying to make the playoffs. You know, Scott Kingery would sit on the bench. He wouldn't play. You couldn't play him. But since this is a weird year and it's the start of the season, you know, they want to get him work and they want to get him going and all that. And again, I understand it. This is a tough spot for the Phillies organizationally and just period. It is a tough spot, but it's time. You don't have a choice. Baseball is the ultimate meritocracy. You play well or you don't play. And the Phillies need someone in there who's going to play well. And it's only amplified by the fact that Phil Gosselin can play second base. Phil Gosselin's batting 406. Ride the hot hand. I've been saying to play Phil Gosselin every day for weeks now. Weeks. He needs to play every day. And now it's it's purposeful. Like, what about when Segura comes back? I mean, Kingery can't play. 
he can't play. Right now, once a week maybe in center field, give him a start. Scott Kingery has to be a bench player for this team. That's where it's at. It's a shame. It's a bummer. Again, I'm like, I'm bummed about it. I expected big things from Scott Kingery. It's a shame. But that's where we're at. This team needs to win games, and Scott Kingery is not helping you win games. Again, it's an absolute shame. But it's also the facts. It's just where we're at. It's too bad. All right. Looking at today, big day. Again, they, they weren't able to take both in Boston, so they need to take both in Toronto. Or I should say in Buffalo against Toronto. Excuse me. Uh, Spencer Howard in game one. Zach Eflin. Uh, excuse me, not Zach Eflin. Jeez. Vince Velasquez in game two going up against Chase Anderson and Trent Thornton. Um, let me tell you, both hittable guys, right? Uh, Trent Thornton has some stuff. I, I liked him last year, but um, he is he got beat up. Chase Anderson is had one good year and gets beat up. Very hittable pitchers, eminently hittable pitchers. No Bo Bichette for Toronto. This is a spot Toronto has not played well this year. In Buffalo, in a weird spot, doubleheader, win them both. The Phillies need to win them both. Spencer Howard, I predict, will give them a great start today. I think this is the start where we're, all the fans are like, oh, that's Spencer Howard. Awesome. I'm in on that guy. And then Velasquez, you hope that they, uh, that they can score a lot of runs. So we'll see. Either way, again, it's a big day. They need to take both. We'll see if they can do it. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow. We will break the whole thing down and look ahead to a weekend of action against the Atlanta Braves. Big weekend coming up as well, so we'll break that down tomorrow as well. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.